0: Welcome and happy new league year. I'm Bo Smolko, along with my co-host Daniel Wilcox, former Ravens tight end. And today we'll be looking at the beginning of the new league year and free agency for the Baltimore Ravens. And they have gotten off to a good start in free agency with three big signings. And we'll get to them in a minute. But first, Daniel Wilcox, I want to ask you as a player, I know fans often uh, get absorbed by... A transaction line, the number of years, the dollar figure, and lose sight of the fact that these are real people moving sometimes across the country, sometimes uplifting their family, depending on you know where they are in that uh, stage of their lives. But for you, did you go through free agency, uh, unrestricted free agency, where you're wondering what your value is. Do other teams really value me? Um, how much money can I make? Did you go through any of this ever in your career uh, in this early March frenzy? And what was that like if you did?
1: Well, I, I think my, my situation was a little different both than most guys, than, than a lot of guys. I was an undrafted free agent coming into the NFL. So when I got to the league, it was one of those things where I kind of bounced around a little bit, you know, every single year, um, not knowing if I was going to be on a team or make a team or whatever. You know, my first two years, I made the team in New York with the Jets. And then I left for Tampa Bay towards the end of my second season. And then I was I was kind of that, in that transition mode where you get released like mid season, and you know, you're sitting at home watching television for a while. You go over to Germany, you play in Germany, you come back and all of a sudden you're sought out there again. The Ravens signed me. And then I played two years, like on a one year deal um, in Baltimore. You know, then my after that second year, the Ravens saw a lot of value in me and decided pretty much not to allow me to go to the free agent market. So I never actually got a chance to experience free agency, you know, right before March started. You know, the Ravens called. I was the first signing that year going into my third season in Baltimore. They signed me to a three year deal. Um, In my mind, you know, Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens was the place I should have been from day one at that moment, you know, so mentally I was like, I'm, I'm a hundred percent Raven. I really didn't want to go anywhere. They made me the highest paid backup tight end in the league at the time, which was still pennies. It's so weird. Right. Um, especially considering the fact that I didn't just play tight end for the Ravens. I played so many other positions You know, I played a little bit of fullback, a little bit of receiver, a little bit of slot, and then play a place. Of course I played a lot of tight end, but, uh, and then I was, you know, starting on all the special teams. So I felt like the value for me was there and I probably, should have surfed the market. But I think you get so caught up into like, like a player like me, I had bounced around from New York, Tampa, Germany, and then land and Baltimore. And I really wanted some, some stability in my life. I didn't want to continue to buy furniture, continue to move into a new apartment every year, continue to find another condo to stay in, uh, continue to buy new sheets, new beds, new mattresses, new furniture, because I don't know how to live somewhere in a box with just a mattress on the floor. I'm the guy that everywhere I go, I want it to feel like home. I'll buy every piece of furniture. I'll, I'll buy plants. I'll buy rugs. I'll buy every single thing. So it's hard to move, you know. So every year for three or four years, you're picking up and moving and picking up and moving. You're, you're moving into the dorms for training camp. Then you move out of the dorms for training camp. And then you're moving into an um, apartment. And then you are moving out of the apartment when the season's over and going back home and then putting everything in storage. And then you're coming back and forth. You don't have any stability. You know, so we crave a sense of stability. Where I can have a place that you can call home in this league that is so wishy-washy. You know, today you're here, tomorrow you're gone. Um, today you got an 83 jersey. The next day you got a 44 jersey. You know, so you, it's one of those. It's one of those businesses where you, you could be a starter in Baltimore today, and then you could be starting for the Jets tomorrow. And it's so crazy how it happens. And once you got a wife and kids, you know, you got to pack them up and move them up as well, move them around with you as well. So fell in love with Steve Busciotti, um, fell in love with Brian Billick as a head coach. I felt like he treated us the way they were supposed to be treated. And it's it's one of those situations where I really didn't want to go on the market. I really wanted to be a Raven. I wanted them to want me as much as I wanted them so when they called my agent and I was the first person they signed that year in free agency, um, I, I felt valued. I felt like, you know, you know, Ozzy was talking to my agent, my agent was relaying the messages back to me. And he was basically saying that, you know, you know, Billy felt like I was a high value. Them as a staff felt like I was a high value player and they wanted to make sure they got me out of the way first and sign me first. Even though I felt like at the time it wasn't a ton of money, it didn't make me a millionaire or anything like that. But they felt like they they, they saw value in me. And I, they, I felt wanted probably for the first time in my career, and so I took the I took the contract. And one thing about my contract that I had, even though they didn't offer me a ton of money, they offered me a guaranteed contract, which wasn't at the time was unheard of. You know, nobody had freaking guaranteed contracts, but baseball and basketball. You know, so I think this was two thousand and six maybe, and here they are offering me a, a guaranteed contract, and I was like, okay, so no matter what, if I get hurt, I get injured, or even if I get cut or released you know, they're going to pay me this money. They was like, yeah, yeah, it's going to pay you the money regardless. So I was like, oh, phenomenal. So I took the I took the deal and I was a Raven for the rest of my career.
0: Very good, very good. Well, let's talk about this, the, these moves the Ravens have made early in free agency. Again, that we're recording on March the 17th and happy St. Patrick's Day. And we don't know, they'll be moved. It's a very fluid situation. Guys are still being signed. Guys are still on the market to be had. But here are three moves the Ravens opened with during free agency. They signed safety, Marcus Williams, five years, $70 million, a high ticket safety made very clear what they think of that uh, value of that position. Then they signed tackle Morgan Moses to a three-year deal reported to be $15 million. And then they brought back Zadarius Smith, the outside linebacker who started his career in Baltimore and then had great success with the Green Bay Packers. He's coming back to Baltimore on a deal rumored to be four years and $35 million. Now, that checks off the boxes of offensive line, it checks off the box of edge rusher, and it adds a playmaking safety, which were all concerns for the Ravens. It checks a lot of boxes in these first few days of free agency. When you look at these moves, what are your first thoughts about them, Daniel Wilcox?
1: Um, I think they're genius moves. I, I just feel like, of course, we struggled all year long at offensive line position, so having a tackle was a no-brainer. Um, we had guys playing tackle that had never played tackle before this season, you know, so being able to move those guys back to their natural positions and bring in somebody that actually does what they do on the right tackle or the left tackle that has that versatility like this guy, I think it was a very smart move at tackle. The Ravens secondary have always been like the highlight of their defense besides their linebackers, you know. So to see them chase it and go get a safety that's a ball hog and that can come out there and make plays and add them to the roster that you already have, you already have phenomenal safeties there as well. They all just got banged up and injured. Um, But to be able to see them go get a guy, that could come in and probably lead that secondary and keep everybody strong and together. I think that's a phenomenal thing. That safety link in the backfield is a huge part of the chemistry that the Ravens have with their defense, you know. And um, the uh, edge rusher, somebody that's already familiar with the, with the team and, and and somebody that's already been there before, and and then the coaching staff is already familiar with them. Obviously, they saw something in them back then. And the, the funny thing is with the Ravens, you know, they have so much freaking talent. You know, the they, they scouting department do such a phenomenal job bringing in guys. You never know who's going to pop and who's not going to pop. And this guy obviously popped when he went to Green Bay, and they probably knew he was good at the time, and it's a possibility that he might pop. But it was so loaded at, at rushers that was more experienced than him at the time. You know, you have to let somebody like him go. And now you get a chance to grab him and bring him back home. I mean, he's going to be probably super excited to be back in Baltimore to get away from that freezing, t- frozen tundra in <laughs> Green Bay. And, and then, you know, you get back with with the staff that the Ravens have. I mean, ain't no telling what's going, what this guy's going to do this season. I, I think that's a great pick for the Ravens. Address the issues that you you have first. They addressed three of, of the most important issues they had last season, e- even with all the injuries. And I think that was very sharp by DaCosta. I think they're going to continue to make strong moves throughout this this free agency.
0: So let's talk a little more about each one of these. Marcus Williams comes here from new Orleans center fielder. Like you said, ball Hawk, uh, that they have been lacking last year's team had 15 takeaways. It's the second fewest in franchise history. And now of course, Marcus Peters was hurt the whole season. Marlon Humphrey was hurt much of the season. Deshaun Elliott was hurt much of the season. They were scrambling to find people in the secondary, but this is what Eric DeCosta said at his end-of-season press conference last month, and you can tell from hearing it that maybe a move like this was coming. You know, I would say just in general, especially on the back end, um, our inability this year to create turnovers was probably an issue for us. And I would love to see us make the play this year coming up, intercept more passes, cause more fumbles, be more disruptive. Um, So if the opportunity presents itself and we see a dynamic corner or a dynamic safety, of course, that would be something that would be attractive to us. You know, when you play these teams, when you play the Steelers, when you play the Browns, when you play the Bengals, twice a year, and you see their skill players, it becomes imperative that we always have a strong back end with good players. And I mean, look what when we saw what Joe Burrow is doing now in Cincinnati, and we 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 don't know what the Steelers are going to do, uh, we don't know what the Browns really are going to look like at their quarterback position. They've got some things to sort out, but. To Eric Tacosta's point, if you don't have a strong secondary in this pass happy league, you are in you're in deep trouble quickly, aren't you?
1: Absolutely, man. Um, I mean, Cincinnati, what they did on offense this year was absolutely ridiculous, and having to play against Chase and those guys, man, you have to respect their speed, their athleticism, and their ability to, to get open. You know, so you got to have guys that can run first and foremost. You got to have guys that are physical and guys that are fearless and guys that can come in there and play at a high level week in and week out and prepared like the greats, you know, you can't, you can't afford to put anything in the Ravens backfield. That's not going to hold up their end of the bargain, you know? So you always going to go against an elite receiver and you always going to have some top notch guys. When I was there, it was the, you know, the, the freaking Ocho Cin- Cinco's that was, you know, with gold teeth and giving you locker room stuff every single time you played them and doing silly stuff all the time, talking crap on the field, trying to crack back Ray Lewis and <laughs> knowing he couldn't do it, you know, but um, you had those guys, you had elite guys that was going to, that was going to step foot on the field at least six times a year. That you know for sure, and then you had to go play against everybody else in the league as well. So going to get Marcus Williams and seeing the things that he's done in New Orleans it's good to see. Forty-three come over to the Ravens, and hopefully he can bring some of that energy and some of that 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 that, that Ed Reed type ball out mentality over here, you know, to Baltimore, so we can get that back.
0: Williams has 15 career interceptions, 38 passes defense. He just gets he, he has a nose for the ball, and that's exactly what they were looking for at the back of this defense, and I think it's a big, big pickup, and they paid for it, right? Five years, $70 million is a significant investment. But, you know, we, we heard Eric Tacosta, and he, he values it, and he understands they didn't have it this year. It was a huge problem, and it will be a huge problem going forward if they can't defend this Cincinnati offense to begin with because we saw they are – that offense isn't going anywhere. They are really good, and they're only going to get better. On the offensive line, they, the Ravens signed Morgan Moses – 31 year old had played seven years with Washington and then went one year to the new this past year with the New York Jets. The thing I like about Moses is he hasn't missed a game in seven years and he's a durable guy. He can, you know, he's a right tackle. That's a position of need, clearly. To be honest, there were a lot of people that thought Morgan Moses might have been the guy they go after instead of Villanueva last year, Um, but they didn't. They signed Villanueva. Morgan Moses last year had an option to take a two year deal. And he opted against that, taking a one-year deal and figure I'll you know, I'll play this year and I'll hit free agency again next year. And, and he did that. And now he is signed by the Ravens on a three-year deal to become essentially the starting right tackle. What that also means, though, as you mentioned, they had to play guys who had never played tackle before. Patrick McCary ended up playing right tackle much of the year last year after Alejandro Villanueva was moved to the left side. And McCary held up pretty well. But to your point, he's not a natural tackle. And I think if you talked to any Ravens front office people last summer and said, what position do you see Patrick McCarry playing? I don't think any of them would have said tackle. They expected him to be a center, possibly a guard. And the beauty of it is he can really fill in anywhere. But Morgan Moses signing as a true, durable, proven, starting right tackle is a big, big plus for this team, assuming he can keep playing at a high level. And he's 31 years old. Like I said, he hasn't missed games. And so... There's not much reason to expect anything other than that. Zadarius so Smith, we talked about him. Uh, he comes back to the Ravens. As we said, he had a good career with the Ravens. He was one of those players, uh, Daniel, that, you know, it, we see this all the time. A guy is drafted by the Ravens. He plays pretty well. He had, I believe, eight and a half sacks his last year in Baltimore. And now he's up for a new contract. And the Ravens know all too well he's probably going to cash in on the open market and they probably can't afford to keep pace with teams that won't have big money to spend because they're, they're usually up against the cap. They have their identity of of how they're going to spend their money. And if the money gets too high, they just say, you know what, Zerderis, go get your money. We wish you well. You develop them and then you send them on their way. They did it with Matthew Judon. They've done it with a lot of players over the years. And then here he was, he has two great years in green Bay this past year. He got hurt. He only played in one game. He had a back injury, but there's no reason to believe that that's going to linger. And so he comes back. It's kind of a classic Ravens move. When the money gets too high, he's gone. When the money gets more acceptable, he's back. And they've done it before with players. They did it with Pernell McPhee, a little different situation, but he checks a big box for them. Like we said, he's a proven edge rusher. He's got 26 sacks in two years uh, prior to this year. Now, the other thing with Zadarius Smith is... Mike McDonald, the new defensive coordinator, he was here throughout Zadarius Smith's time in Baltimore. So M- McDonald knows him well. McDonald knows what Zadarius Smith does well. And Zadarius Smith knows McDonald. How much do you think that will help both of them, Z'Darrius Smith and Mike McDonald having already worked together?
1: I think it'll help them a lot. You know, you know, Mike, he was such a young coach when you know Zadarius was there. They probably got each other's phone numbers. They probably stayed in contact while he was in Green Bay. You know they, you know they probably are, are really good fans of each other. You know they a lot of respect there. You know Mike probably asked to go get this guy. Hey man, Darius on the market. He was hurt last year. You know he's not only is he's a, a great phenomenal player, but they probably friends. You never know. You know um, one of the, when you get younger coaches like that, you know they're able to relate to the guys a lot better, and they're able to to be able to understand the development of what's going on outside in the real world you know, with us versus older coaches sometimes will be a little bit checked out. You no, know, there's no relations there, you know. So, you know, McDonald might be newly married, you know, Zadarius could be newly married. And they having conversations about weddings and marriage and <laughs> wedding cakes. You just, you never know, you know. So um, it's, it's I think it's kind of good to kind of see that, you know, the Ravens have that sense of loyalty and that sense of respect for the players that they go out and, and recruit, you know. And if you can't afford a player, you don't stop him from going out to chase his money, and one of the things Ravens have already always been smart about, if we can let go one guy that's phenomenal and fill them in with two guys that are not as good as him but make up that slack because they play at a high energy for, you know, even, even though they play at a high energy for a less amount of plays, you can substitute them in and out and basically fill that void of a, of a guy like him. And um, he's done such a phenomenal job in Green Bay. You know, you have to respect what he's done as a football player. You know, this guy fit in really well in baltimore the first time around and he's feeling that he's going to fit in really well here he felt like that guy is is he exemplifies what a baltimore raven player should be and should look like and should act like and own off the field so it's, it's it's great to be able to go back and grab a guy like him you know he's not small guy at all you know you're talking about 6'4 275 playing on the edge and he's you know he he could run he could flat out run he could flat out play and he's gonna get to the quarterback
0: Yep, I'm mean, a Pro Bowl player in Green Bay, and now he comes back to a to an edge group that needs him, frankly. Uh, they've got Adafe coming off his rookie year, who will probably be starting on the other side. Remember, Tyus Bowser tore his mm-hmm. Achilles in the last game of the season, and the, all indications are he will be ready to go by fall, but you never know, really. And Bowser's a guy that they can use in a lot of different ways if if they have... Zadarius Smith, they know, can just be, you know, get on the edge and just go after the quarterback. Bowser's a flexible guy that they can use in coverage. They can use different ways. So Zadarius Smith returns. Let's talk about a few Ravens who might not return. Uh, of course, there were 21 free agency, unrestricted free agents on the Ravens team when this whole process began. A couple of them... Are off the board now. Anthony Levine retired after a terrific year as a special uh, career as a special teams player for the Ravens, and he's actually moved into the front office. He's now working for Eric DeCosta in scouting, and he'll be kind of an assistant coach uh, capacity. But I think he'll do really well. Related, you talk about how relating to young players. I think Anthony Levine will do really well in that regard. Tony Jefferson, the veteran safety that the Ravens brought back again in a pinch. He was re-signed by the team, and I think he's just genuinely glad to be back. He'll have a fill-in safety role. He'll have a special teams role, presumably. They did lose Anthony Everett. He, he signed just last night. He was signed by the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, cornerback who I think will move into a starting job with the Raiders. And we talked about Anthony Everett's a guy who was pressed into starting last year because of the injuries to Humphrey and to Peters. And... I mean, so there were people that kind of ripped Anthony Averett. I thought Anthony Averett played pretty well. He was picked on a lot by these quarterbacks. When you see Marlon Humphrey on one side, you're pretty probably going to go after Anthony Averett on the other side. But I thought overall he held up well. He now gets to go to Las Vegas and be a starter, which, let's face it, if Peters and Humphrey are both back, he's probably not a starter here. So Anthony Averett goes off to Las Vegas. The other guy that's signed so far, backup tight end Eric Tomlinson, has been signed by Denver. He had a good role here with this team as a blocking tight end, but I think Eric Tomlinson looks at it and says, well, if Nick Boyle's healthy, I'm not sure there's a spot here for me. Um, And so he goes to Denver where he does have a spot. But there's a couple notable free agents for the Ravens that are still out there. Patrick Ricard, Pro Bowl fullback. You know, the Ravens, I think, would like to bring him back, but Ricard is, as you said, this is the free agent time. He's out on the open market having a look. Uh, New England, I'm understanding, is interested in Patrick Ricard. Patrick Ricard drew up an hour from Foxborough. And so the Patriots are a team that uses the fullback. And, and so Ricard to New England is something that to keep an eye on. I'm not saying it will happen, but Ricard is out there on the open market seeing what his value is. I think there's still a chance he returns here. Let's face it, I don't think there's a team in the league that values fullback play more than the Ravens. But the question is, will the money work there? Calais Campbell long-time veteran defensive end, has said he would like to come. He's announced he's coming back for a 15th NFL season. DeCosta said they would like to have him back. That's up to Campbell to say who's out there, who what is offered. And let's face it, if you're Calais Campbell and you're coming here for the 15th the year, you're coming back to play on a team that can get you to the Super Bowl. And I think Calais Campbell is going to look and say, hey, I want to get to the Super Bowl. What team can do that for me and what team will offer me the best chance? And I think Campbell is in a position to do that. The other one is Bradley Bozeman. Let's talk a little about Bradley Bozeman. Bradley Bozeman, on a lot of lists, was considered the Ravens' top unrestricted free agent. There was a brisk center market right off the bat, and Bozeman was not involved. A lot of centers, like Ryan Jensen, former Raven, returned to Tampa Bay. He was re-signed. Several several centers were re-signed by their teams. Then you had a guy like uh, J.C. Treader from Cleveland was released. Suddenly there was a different center market than I think Bradley Bozeman expected. Bozeman and his agency were expecting a nice payday from him and probably higher than the Ravens were willing to go. There was a significant gap between what Bozeman was asking for and what the Ravens were willing to pay. It never closed the gap. And so Bozeman hits the market and he's still out there. Does it surprise you that Bradley Bozeman has not been signed or, or what's going on there with Bozeman not signing?
1: Uh, it doesn't surprise me at all I mean I think the Ravens just had so much going on last year with injuries and you 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 see all these guys bouncing around moving around and playing all these other different positions and stuff like that and um and Bradley, I think is a phenomenal player, but I just it's, it's so hard when the when you lose right you know people People know your situation and they know that you had a ton of injuries. They know everybody got hurt, but nobody cares. It's like I'm not gonna pay you a ton of money if you're coming from a losing team. You know, if you're a winning team, it kind of sets the market for you. Like if the Ravens go 16 and 0 last year and Bradley Bozeman hits the market, you know, maybe double that money. But when you lose, nobody wants you it's so weird man it's this just and it's it's like that with everything in life i don't care what your job is if you if you if your ratings suck as a broadcaster nobody wants you as a broadcaster you could be the best broadcaster on the market you know but nobody wants you if your ratings suck you know so it's just one of those things man like it's it's just not it's not a good time for for the Ravens players to be asking for a ton of money i don't care how good we look on paper at the end of the day we sucked and and it started off so phenomenal for Baltimore and it just kind of crashed and burned you know midway through the season towards the end and it's just i mean what do you, what do you do? You have to do what you can to try to get as much money as you can so I'm not mad at Bradley for for fighting for what he felt like was right, but it's just not the time right now to do that. I just think he's just this it's bad timing for him. Fortunately, he's on a free agent market market when the Ravens had a horrible season now, two years ago, when the Ravens were dang near undefeated, you know and <laughs> that would have been the best time to be a free agent those guys all those guys got paid somewhere, you know, but it's hard man when you just don't it's it's a put up or shut up league. You know, if you don't put up, you got to shut up.
0: <laughs> and well, that that seems to be the case. I mean, you know, he was like I said, he was viewed as as one of the top centers on the market, and five or six have have signed and settled into their places. And once they do that, there's fewer teams looking for one, and so yeah. his market is different now. And I suppose it still somewhat opens the door to him coming back to Baltimore, although I'm not sure how much animosity there was between the two sides in terms of this whole negotiating, I think there was some, some, I think there was some animosity there in the negotiations and that can obviously be healed over. It happens over. It's happened before. It'll happen again with players and organizations, but look, the guy was a two time NFL man of the year for this team. He's well-respected in the locker room. He's well-respected in the front office, but the front office is also concerned with the dollars and the performance. And, and especially now with, Mo, with Moses being signed to tackle, M- Macari becomes a possibility at center, but it looks right now that Bradley Bozeman is going to be earning a lot less than he had expected to if you asked him six months ago. And that's just, you know, it's an open market, and that's it's what the market right. will bear, as they always say. And it hasn't really, so far right now, turned out that way for Bradley Bozeman, but we will watch him. He's a good player, a good person, and and he will land somewhere, but it has been interesting to watch the market with him, especially this uh, as free agency begins. All right, Daniel Wilcox, one last thing, free agents, Neo underway. The Ravens often will sit out this early splash signings. Now they made a big one with Marcus Williams, but their, their MO all the way back to Ozzy forever has been, we'll sit out what I, I always call the shiny new TV, and we'll wait till the prices drop, and we'll find value. Um, mm-hmm. It's been their MO for a long time, partly driven by their cap and partly driven by just their strategy. If you're Eric DaCosta, what does the next, say, two weeks look like uh, for him?
1: Uh, I, I think the offensive line is, is, the main, is the main topic. I mean, your starting quarterback got hurt last year because of the line, I and mean, he was running for his life all season. Um, I think a high priority for me would be offensive line, make sure I get, you know, great backups, make sure I get great starters, and make sure my guys are going to be healthy and ready to roll. And um, I, I think the right tackle signing was a no-brainer. Um, I think o should definitely be addressed extremely hard. Um, the running back position, of course, we we suffered last year with every single injury in the world in running back. So I think you got to look hard at a running back as well. You have to have an even consistent, consistent flow of run pass in this league to – to be able to be explosive on the pass game. You got to have a great running back back then. We got some great ones, but with all of them being hurt like they were last year, you got to have somebody here that's going to be solid for you and going to stay injury free if possible. You know, you could always bring in another receiver. You know, you can't never have enough threats at receiver at the receiver position on offense. You know, you have to, you have to, have to, have to have some guys that can rush this passer and, and stop the run, you know, so you need a big body. And I think Calais is an old bringer to bring back in the middle of the field. Cause he just, require so much attention he's such a big body long arms you know long frame and you know big solid guy and he's he's a, he's the old veteran guy that you need and to me you need a veteran guy on each level you know linebacker d-line and then defensive backfield but you got to get these guys to stay healthy man and um I, I think even bringing in a guy on special teams you know wouldn't be a bad look either a guy that's already proven himself and a guy that can come down and kind of take special teams to another level for you
0: yeah, you mentioned special teams. I, you know, People asked me in the past who I thought might be uh, some of the players that would be most likely to return from that whole list of 21 players. And two that I mentioned, one was Josh Bynes, and it's part of what you said. You just got a veteran guy, a veteran guy who's going to help young linebackers. And and I don't know if he'll be back, and I don't know if he'll be a every-down back. He's made very clear he wants to be back, but there's a veteran guy. The other guy is Chris Board, who's not a big, sexy name, but he's a special teamer through and through. And with Anthony Levine leaving – I think that's a guy the Ravens might say, you know what, we see a, we we have a lot of value in this guy. Now he may look around and look for a place where he can play more, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see him return as well. All right, Daniel Wilcox, we're going to follow this free agency thing for the next couple of weeks. We'll keep an eye on where some of the guys like Patrick McCord and Calais Campbell and Bradley Bozeman and and all these players land, and we'll be trying to we'll plan to do another show. Uh, next week, where we will track these players and see, you know, movement. Movement will continue, and then, of course, that leads up to the draft. The Ravens picked up two compensatory picks this week, added fourth rounders after losing Matthew Judon and Yannick Ngakwe. They also got a third round compensatory pick because of David Culley getting hired away to be the head coach of the Houston Texans. So they've got ten draft picks, nine of them in the first four rounds, and and for a draft that Eric Tacosta said is deep. That's, that should help support this team. And now you add these free agency pickups, Marcus Williams, Morgan Moses, Adarius Smith, and they like to think this roster is starting to build. You mentioned last year, I mean, there were so many wild cards with the injuries, but in other ways, the roster just wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough to be more than they were. And there were injuries, sure, but right. they, they identify they need to be better in a lot of phases, and so that process has begun.
1: Well, i tell you what, Bo, they better not let Patrick Ricard go. They need to keep that guy. You know, if I got to vouch for anybody on this list besides Calais Campbell, I'd say Patrick Ricard is a a no-brainer for me. You know, a guy that plays multiple positions on both sides of the ball is so valuable, and you definitely don't want to put him in the hands of Belichick. He's going to use (laughs) him the way he's definitely supposed to be used on every aspect of the game. He's going to play positions you haven't even seen him play before. So he's a guy, to me, if I'm in Baltimore right now, I'm at the table and I'm like Patrick Ricard is our top 10 best player. We need to keep him, you know. We need to keep him. Needed. I'm standing on the table for that guy cuz I feel like he'll be back to pro bowl form this year.
0: Patrick Ricard will be a fascinating one to watch. I mean, he played I believe 57% of the Ravens' offensive snaps this past year, which is a crazy amount for a fullback. The Ravens clearly used the position more than anyone else in the league uh in their run first offense and so he certainly has a lot of value here. It would be very interesting to see, if he were to land in New England, as I said, he grew up an hour from Foxborough, how Belichick and the Patriots might use a guy like Patrick Ricard. All right, Daniel Wilcox, we will follow free agency. We'll start to tease into the draft in the next few weeks, and we'll see what how this Ravens roster shakes out. For Daniel Wilcox, this is Bo Smolka on the Believe Network.